This is the 217 Recovery Podcast with Corey Winfield. Checking the microphone. It's going good. It's going real good. Good morning, Recovery Nation. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. We're just doing it early today. And it's I know. Just, it seems weird. It does feel weird. It seems really weird. 217 Recovery Podcast. It is the 12th of September, 2020. My name is Corey Winfield, Marty Liston. Hey. Hey. My name's not both of them, obviously. I was, <laughs> I was saying my name and then yours. Let's clear that up. Yeah. So, the last few days have been very interesting for moi. Yeah. I'm not sure what that was, but I'm not even sure if that picked that up on the microphone or whatever that ding ding. But it's been very interesting last couple of days. I got to drive a guy downstate and it was a good couple hour drive and good conversations with him. And it just it puts me back, you know, to where when I had a month sober mm-hmm. and the things that I was doing, you know, I was actually going to rehab when I was a month sober for the last time. Thank God. And. The thoughts and it, it just it shows you, or at least it showed me. I've changed a lot since then, since three months sober, and I'm afraid to go back and listen to podcasts from over a year ago because I don't know where my mind was at. Good direction, I think I was going in, but how I was going to get there, I didn't know. Uh-huh. But I I, th- I think the unknown can be refreshing sometimes oh yeah you know in early recovery uh, i had a guy write a very nice message to me on facebook it made me feel good about myself and it made me feel like the purpose that i do the podcast is for people like him and he's early like a week and it's it's hard for him but he knows at the end of the day, though, he's tired of promising things to people that he loves and not delivering on it. Mm-hmm. And it's not because he doesn't want it to happen. It's because he's not sure how to, like, say no. Uh, he can go a week, two weeks, promises this, promises that, takes that first drink, it's, it's on. Mm-hmm. And then he feels like he failed. It feels shamed. And it just starts all over again, the cycle. Mm-hmm. It, my advice, and, and that's cool, he listens to the podcast. And he didn't really ask me for my advice, but I'm going to give it anyway, man. <laughs> you would. You know, just set up some some therapy sessions. You know, really get that stuff out. Do you need outpatient therapy for your addiction? Maybe. I don't know. You know, I don't know what everybody else needs. And we can't save anybody else. No. Absolutely not. So he'll have to try to figure that out. And not everybody needs to go to a rehab. Mm -hmm. You know, some people can lay down the, the groundwork and the foundation of, all right, I talk to a therapist, I do this. But my opinion that stuff does need to be done. Um, sure. 
I've, I've ran into people at, you know, AA meetings and they're like, well, I just stopped drinking and that was 20 years ago. I just stopped. And that may, to them, they probably think I am a sobriety badass because when <laughs> I stopped, I just stopped. Well, I look at him like, <laughs> you didn't have the same problem I did, buddy. Because mm-hmm. mine was way different, you know, and if it takes you 20 times, 30 times, whatever, man. I mean, I didn't go to rehab every time I relapsed either. So, you know, and I say I've been to treatment 15 times. So, I mean, what does that tell you? Oh, gosh. I can't even count how many times I relapsed. You know, and. Does it even count as a relapse if it's like only a certain, you know, like if the desire is there? Like for me, when I relapsed, it was when I actually was like head forward movement, you know, was starting to get things in place, starting to things were starting to happen for me. And then, you know, I went back out. That is what I considered a relapse. But there was times where, I mean, literally it wasn't even, it was just, I was keeping everything going. I mean, I was in the spot like you're. You know, the individual that reached out to you is, you know, I had gone back, I maybe had gone back out and then I couldn't find the strength in me to make those efforts again. And it just, it took way too long, too many times, you know, to make that, make that decision again that I was going to, I was going to give it a real shot and, you know, until the time that it actually took, you know, Mm -hmm. and I ran with it and I was just like, this is going to be it. This is going to be the time that I'm really, I'm putting my all into it and, you know, and then one more day and one more day and one more day. And then, you know, here I am now and it's still day at a time. It truly is. But, um, yeah, don't beat yourself up over going back out and just know that, you know, you're worth it and it can be done. Um, you know, if you set your mind to it and if you utilize the supports that you, that are available to you. And do the things that you need to do, which some of the stuff is not fun, you know? Don't say that. It's all fun. What are you talking about? I love crying when I talk about my father. I'm a 42-year-old <laughs> grown-ass man. I love crying like that. No, you got to dig deep. Yeah, you got into that, get into that, all that hurt and pain that you, that you went through and mm-hmm. sort through it all. And it's process, but that's exactly it. It's totally a process, and it does not happen overnight. No, and don't think that you're going to. Oh, it's because my father abandoned me. Let's just deal with this issue all right today. Yeah. It's not nope. going to happen that way. Not, no, it does not. <laughs> and if you've listened to previous podcasts, how I handle it, you know, in my mind, there's like a little shelf and I, I just put it up there like, hey, you know what? I know this is up there, mm-hmm. but that's, that's the hard part, you know, is finding, okay, what is it? Because you had to dig deep in yourself and you have to admit things to yourself that you don't want to admit, you know, it's our ego, you know, it's the, the view of ourselves and we don't want to see ourselves as weak or vulnerable, but you have to keep, and they call it peeling back the onion, you know, get those layers out and get those layers out. Cause you might associate it with, well, I had a bad day at work. F my boss. You know, he really pissed me off. Mm-hmm. Is it that, or is it, he was displaying some kind of, or making you feel, not making you feel, but creating some kind of feeling in you that someone else way down the road created in you and you hate that. You know, it could have been a stepmom. It could have been the way your mom or dad talked to you. You know, it could have been anything from your childhood. And that's the real issue. It's not that your boss told you that you suck and you did that wrong. You know, maybe he used the same words that your your grandma would use when she would yell at you. Who knows? The teacher. Brother, who knows? It, there's something in there, though, that you have to dig deeper in. 
And, you know, for me, I used to blame, you know, women in the relationships. Oh, she wasn't right for me. No, she, oh, she, you know, and it, it wasn't the women. It was me. And it was still the issue of being away from family and the fact that I didn't want to be like my father. And here I am just leaving family. And my family, they have their own lives too. And this is something that really, it was hard for me to figure out because when I moved back, after 10, 15, whatever, how long it was way back, they weren't kids anymore. You know, my little brother was getting married. My sister was already married, three kids. They have their own life. You know, they're not going to just drop everything and, oh, hey, hey, Corey's here. Let's make sure we roll out the carpet for him every single day just in case he comes by. Not that I expected that, but I expected to be around more. And I had unrealistic expectations of what our relationships would be like when I moved back home. And that was hard because it's like, Hey guys, you've been waiting for me. I'm here. You know, it's like they say we're the star of our own movie. Mm-hmm. You know, here I am rolling out the carpet for myself. What's up guys? I'm Corey. Wait, nobody's home. I'm gonna go cry. I'm gonna drink, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish I would have been more prepared for that. Because that, that one kind of threw me for a loop as well. But, you know, once you realize those things and you realize, hey, this is what's going on and the root, real root of the cause, like I said, that it takes some time sometimes to figure that out. But when you do, don't beat yourself up. You know, just chip away at it. But just mm-hmm. the fact that you know what's in there and you know that it's up there and ready to be dealt with one day, then, at least for me, I was able to move forward in my recovery and go, okay, well, now... Now, how do I stay sober? Because just not drinking, not using drugs, that wasn't going to work for me. I needed to have a proactive plan, you know, a plan of attack. What do I need to do? Well, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to start a company. We're going to be a 501c3 nonprofit, you know, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to be a charity. Well, what are you going to do then? I don't know. Let's drive people around. People need transportation. You know, if you've ever been to a treatment center and you've taken a bus, you know how dangerous that is, especially when you're stopping at gas stations that sell beer and the driver's like, don't be drinking on it. No, whatever, man. Like, you really don't care. And so many people, I've heard so many stories of just getting drugs and messed up at those bus stops or at any stop that that bus makes. And it just makes perfect sense that, you know, a company like 217 Recovery could be there to help with transportation. Mm-hmm. You know, get people from point A to point B safely. And I think that the way that we're going to operate and the way we are operating is is wonderful. And, you know, we've partnered with a place here in Traverse City. And, you know, they. I'm very grateful in how it happened and how it worked out the way exactly how God wanted it to. And exactly the right people playing roles. And just a miracle. You know, mm-hmm. if you listen to the pack three, like a month ago, right, here I am bitching about how, what a bad day. And this guy didn't show up for them. It, it had to happen that way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely did. And, you know, I thank God every day for giving me opportunities and the people he's put in my life. Like you, I mean, you, you keep me going like, like you have no idea. And, you know, I don't show it enough and, you know, I, I try, <laughs> but I need to stop trying and actually do so. It's it's hard sometimes when you get caught up in your own feelings. And like I said, being the star of your own movie takes up a lot of my time. But, um, you know, 
thanking God and and noticing when things are happening in your life and and really write them down if you're in like super early recovery or if you're in long term whatever just write them down and and look back at them in 3 months, 6 months and you're going to go oh my gosh like I remember when I was thinking that and and this is what I wanted and this is this is what happened it, it's just it's a miracle you know I I tell people this all the time that then I only have almost, you know, coming up on two years, but the, th- the life that I live now is so much better than I could even imagine. Like it's just insane. You know, being sober and being clear minded is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that God had me on the path that he had me on was so that I could be here talking to this microphone today the radio experience that I had, the drinking experience that I had, the trying to get sober experiences that I had. I mean, some of them are damn right comical. Uh, I was telling you yesterday about this guy that, I don't know, I'm sure I could have taken him, but my goal wasn't to fight him in a rehab, but I just was having one of those days, man. And this dude came in and he was like, one eye looked over here, their eye was like straight up, 90 degrees it was like it was yeah and he was just talking crap and i just did not want to hear it anymore and he was just bitching why he was there and i'm like you don't have to be here and i said some other things way cooler than that but he started in on the lady who was running the group and i was like why don't you just leave this room i didn't say it like that it was like (laughs) i'm sure shut the F up or get the F out of here. Nobody wants to hear your beep. And and then he's like, what, you want to fight me? I was like, did I say I want to fight you? I said, I, I, said you want, I want you to leave this room or shut the... And anyway, he tried getting up in my face and I just stood there and I was like, what? He's like, what you going to do? What you going to do? I was like, I don't know. You want me to open the door for you so you can leave? <laughs> you want me to get some tape for your mouth? But people after that class, though, they thanked me. They're like, thank God, man. We've been so tired of that guy. And I don't... Have, I'm not saying like go try to be a rehab tough guy at all. And and that was a moment that I actually was not proud of. And I went back later and I told the guy, I'm like, look, man, I know you're probably dealing with some stuff. Obviously you're frustrated. I'm frustrated too, you know, like with this, this, and this. And I think that we just kind of came ahead, you know, and he was like, man, I appreciate that. You know, he's like, I was going to come apologize to you because, you know, I felt like this and that. And so it was a moment that I did learn from, but at that moment, you know, I wasn't, as far along as I am now where it's like now I would probably just be like nothing I can control about that dude and what he says, you know, like I can either be a part of the solution or part of the problem, you know, like let's let's talk about it, you know, like what do you, why do you want to tell this lady that she's a bitch, (laughs) you know, like Mm -hmm. let's, let's work this out, man. And I don't know where that would have gone, but it would probably been a lot better than shut the F up, get the F out. You know, that's just creating confrontation. So now it would be a lot different. I, I think I would, well, your keyword think. I think it would think um, before I just react. Yeah, for sure. Anyway. But I was going to say when you were talking about um, going back to rehab, um, there's a, a woman that I'm talking with and she's uh, realized that, you know, she she needs she needs some more work. You know what I mean? She needs to do that peel back the layers of the onion like you were speaking of Mm -hmm. and um you know 
we were talking and I said, you know, it's just, I hate when I hear people say, I already been to treatment. It didn't work because uh. that line right there is like, it just irks me big time. Um, because well, yeah, no, it didn't work, but obviously that means that there's something else that, you know, you need to work on. Like, did you put your all into it? Did you really, you know, dig deep and get things out? And that scares people. That scares people to have to do the work. And I talk about that a lot is um, it doesn't sound like fun. It's not fun, you know, but it's something that needs to be done. And, you know, you're not necessarily going to be able to track back your behaviors for every single wrong you did or every way that you acted some kind of way to like one particular thing, you know, don't be looking to pinpoint like, well, the reason why I acted that way was because I, and then fill in the blank, our whole behaviors and attitudes and how we hold ourselves. Um, yeah, it's tied to like our life, things in our life. It doesn't need to be like one person or one bad experience or one, you know what I mean? So, and, and I'm not a therapist or anything, but in terms of like kind of why do I act a certain way? You know, there's not going to be, there's not going to be a connection all the time that you can, that you can f- put your finger on, but that's okay. You know what I mean? You just need to focus on, you know, changing your attitude and an outlook on life. And that, that will happen like an overall kind of like revamp of how you approach you in the world. Yeah, I messed up and I made I had made poor decisions. You know, yes, I've hurt people and they've hurt me and, you know, I mean the list can go on and on and on. But at the end of the day, what you're really trying to do is what can I change about me and how I think about things, how I look at things and how I approach things and how I deal with things. So I don't have to go back to the bottle to be able to, you know, live in this world. Because that's what my life was, was I didn't like how things were 100%. And so something would happen or something would happen or nothing would happen. And I thought the answer was to pick up the bottle because I didn't like me today. And so that is right there is what you need to change is to be comfortable with yourself when you wake up in the morning and not need that drink or drug. That's it. And it's so huge, but it's only a sentence. And so if you can get to that point, it's a effing miracle and it can happen for you. Um, and the importance um, of my friend uh, who's got a plan now is that I, you know, we were talking a lot about what I just was talking about. And um, and she's like, oh, no, uh, you know, I, I definitely need more time. You know, she really has is evaluating how much it, how much work she really needs to do and how much she needs to get out and deal with. And that all takes time and doesn't, you know, can't be rushed. So she's willing, you know, to re to, she's going back to the same treatment center that she's been to before. But I said, you know what, think about it. And I said, so much has changed. I mean, and it's not all good either, you know, but every time, every day you're a different person. Every day you have more experience than you did the day before whether it's good or bad and different. But so when somebody, you could get the same worksheet that you got the same first day at the same rehab, but you're going to have totally different answers and attitudes and thoughts and feelings about what that is that that brings up for you. So when people say, I already been there, I didn't work. No, 
it's not the rehab, probably. Right. It's probably something that it's probably your willingness and um, your focus or or lack thereof. And, you know, that's what needs you got to be a part. You got to be a team on this, you know, to be able to you can't blame anybody else for your successes or your failures except mm-hmm. for yourself. And I, I, I stress that a lot in in my work the people that i work with and because it's hard to do that people can't separate that everybody wants to point a finger at somebody as to why things did work out or didn't work out why they succeed or why they fail your fail and you can't do that you can't do that it's all at the end of the day it's all you and i'm not talking about your support's not helping absolutely that's a completely different thing i'm saying you at the end of the day you create you create your own destiny and what you want that to be is is up to you. And a lot of that is accountability. And when you go to a treatment and you leave and you go home, are you going to be accountable for your actions? I don't know. If you go to a sober living, you're going to be held accountable for some things. And you're going to start to learn. Uh, for example, uh, <laughs> when I was a manager of sober living house, this guy left his moldy bread out and it was driving the other guys mad. So I put it on his bed and he was all mad. And how would you, how could you put that on my bed? That's disgusting. This is your fault. You did this. No, man. Before I put the bread on his bed, I put a note saying, please throw your bread away. It's moldy. Why didn't you throw your bread away? You know, it's, they would, they want to shoot it right back at some, well, it's your fault. Look at you. This is disgusting. You did this. Corey, you put moldy bread on my, on my bed. And I look at it like you had moldy bread on the shelf. You know, like what part did you play in this? And it's hard for us, especially if we've been coddled and the more you coddle people and the more people are, you know, do this and do that for me. Well, it's your job to do that. It's your, it's, it's not mine. It's yours. And that moment that they can step up and go, damn it, I have to do this. And then realize that no one's doing this for me. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I've been to, I've been to treatment before. Uh, it didn't work. Uh. How much of that were they? Putting in. Well, I went to groups. Mm-hmm. Did you participate? Well, I mean, I, yeah, I listened. And sometimes... Did you participate? You know, right. Did you get involved in it? Because that's what it's going to take. Are, but are you listening? That's the question. Are you listening or were you said, just there? You know, they said something about, you know, need to be... If, no. You know, and I, I challenge them, the ones that say, oh, I've been there. It didn't work. You know, just, I wish I could play a tape back and watch them in their groups and... Are they are they sleeping? Are they daydreaming? Are they, you know, are they just waiting to have a cigarette? Do they make it on time? You know, it's little things like that. Making it on time. Make your damn bed every morning. At least you've accomplished something. Mm-hmm. And there's days where I just want to go. I'm not making the bed because I don't want to. And then I make it anyway because oh, no. I'm like, I just it looks prettier and I don't know. And it does. I've, I've accomplished something when I make the bed. Mm-hmm. And I know when you get home and you see it and you're like. My baby made the bed. I'm yeah. like, yep, hell yeah, it did. Not relapsing today. <laughs> you know, if it was as simple as just make your bed every day and you won't relapse, that'd be sweet. But it's a start. You know, like I said, at least you've completed something. But yeah, be accountable for your actions and think about how many times you blame other people for things. I, I do it all the time too, but I, I am being mindful, mm-hmm. a lot more mindful now. And was it really their fault or what? what part did I have in this? And, you know, it's the same thing with the sober living house that I was manager of. And 
Guy left his pop bottles out. And I did the same thing. Threw them on his bed. And he's like, man, why are you, why are you throwing pop bottles on my bed, man? Why are you leaving them on the counter, man? You know, like, mm-hmm. don't ask me. And then they, they stopped asking me after a while. They're like, okay, I get it. And then <laughs> it was funny because I threw the pop bottles on his bed. And then I was like, and you're not supposed to have pop in your room. So, you know, I'm going to write you up for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, just kidding, sort of. But, yeah, just be accountable. And like you said about the rehab thing earlier about, oh, I've been there, I've done that. You get it on the other side, too, of, of other people wanting to butt in and go, oh, he's been, he said he's been to 15 rehabs, 15 treatments. What hasn't he learned yet? Some of that's true, though. Because I remember I would relapse and, all right, send me to treatment. You know, that was my that was my punishment almost to myself. Well, I'll go to treatment again. And there was one time I was starting fall semester at Lake Michigan College. And I had just relapsed on purpose. And it was the detox was way worse than I had remembered or expected. But looking back now, I mean, I, had, I knew it was going to be bad. And uh, my mom was just like, well, you need to be on me at school on Monday. You know, your classes have started. And I'm like, I need to go to rehab. I just need to go to, back to rehab. I just need to go back to rehab. Of course, I sounded a lot sexier and manly when I said it then. <laughs> I need to go back to rehab, Mom. That's what I told her. And she, <laughs> Mommy. And she's like, no, son, you don't. You need to get your ass to school and you need to man up. What have you learned? How many times you been? You know, at that time, it's probably nine. She's like, you've learned all the stuff you need to learn. Like, start doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. And I'm, I'm glad I, I didn't go back to rehab that time. Because I went to school and got pretty good grades that semester, and I learned a lot of stuff and a lot of classes that I needed to take and wanted to take. So, not every time is going to need a rehab, and you have to kind of lay it out. But I was using rehab just like I said as a punishment to myself, like, oh well, I, I effed up again. Let's go back to rehab, and I just need to get back to rehab. I just need to get back to rehab. And there's a guy I know right now that's that's <laughs> that's doing that, and I'm, consequences are all that's going to, in my opinion, help this guy and. You know, it took consequences for me, mm-hmm. you know, and being on probation for a year. Well, you, I mean, you have to question yourself or those people, doesn't matter, whatever, is when, did you learn the tool? I mean, you may have listened and you may have taken in their, you know, the tools, quote unquote, that they give you when you're in rehab and what to do in certain situations and how to approach, you know, life when you leave. Do you do that? You know what I mean? Are you really are it's the application piece that mm-hmm. obviously is going by the wayside. When people walk out the door and drive to the liquor store, it's like are you applying what you learned here? I mean, are you why what prompts people to do that, you know? So obviously the desire is not there and they're not ready yet. Mm-hmm. You know, is that the rehab's fault? No. Right, exactly. So you know, for those people, it's like, I don't know if you'd be like, skirt, you might want to turn around while you, <laughs> you know, before you walk in that store. But, you know, I, there's, I don't have the answer and, you it's know, too, but. See, it was always too late for me. Like if I, if right now, if I was wanting to drink and go to a liquor store, if I got in the car with my mindset and going to the liquor store, I'm already gone. I'm oh already yeah. There. Usually relapse happens like way, way, way before mm-hmm. it actually happens. That's, but, that's, that's. Given the life that I'm living now, and it's a great life. Like 
I've created a whole new life for myself, which is great. I was talking to the guy the other day, and I was telling, I was telling him that, like, you have a chance to create a whole new life for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this is this is pretty cool. Um, not a lot of people get that chance. Well, yeah. I guess some people do, but I look at it like I I created a whole new life for myself, and I've never been married, don't have any children, so a lot. <laughs> my friends are jealous. They're like, wait, so you got the Play DJ guy on the radio for 20 years, and then you get to come and now you're doing fun shit you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> jealous, man. Which, and I, I in, in turn, am jealous because I'm like, man, I, I wanted to, you know, be married and kids, but you know what? There's no reason I can't have that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm working towards the things that I want to work towards now. And, you know, just not drinking is not not going to solve it. You have to be active. You have to go out. You have to be accountable for your actions. And, you know, don't let it get to that point where you're in the car in your mind, even in the car, going to the liquor store and how you get there, what tools you're going to need to learn. I I don't know what's going to work, but I know it took a lot for me. And I think that us as addicts, we, are always looking for the loophole. We're always oh, looking yeah. to go around things and cutting corners. They say that addicts are smarter than most people. I don't know if that's true, but we're always seeing angles at things. Mm-hmm. And oh, this I'm going to do that. Well, then oh, so this is how I'm supposed to do it. Well, I'm why would I bother going to B and C when I could just go from A to D? Yeah, let's just do that. And it wasn't until. You know, the last treatment I was in that I had to be there for 90 days, which I was only there for 60. But it wasn't until then where I just thought, I guess I felt like I just, I let my guard down because I wasn't going anywhere for a while. And I just thought, well, just get comfortable, man. You're going to be here for a minute. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until then, I think, that I really started learning about myself. And... (laughs) Sorry, I'm just laughing because Nico decides to come in. She she loves coming in the studio when we're doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. Great. And Marnie loves it too. Because mm-hmm. Nico's my cat, of course. And Yeah, most studios don't have a cat box in the closet, but this one does. I mean, other than the cat box, the studio is pretty tight looking, but mm-hmm. she always visits. Like, I don't know. I think it's she misses you. Yeah. Anyway. Marnie's chair's right next to it. <laughs> <laughs> One day, Marnie's just going to start vomiting. You were, saying, get, like, you were saying you got comfortable. Yeah, I got comfortable and then was able to... <laughs> thanks for keeping that on track, Marnie. <laughs> uh, I got comfortable and then I was really able to learn about myself and some of the things that I was doing. And I think that's when the accountability started. And then I realized that I could only control my actions and... You know, like if I had to redo it again with that one place and that one guy, it would have been totally different because I realized I can I can either a get mad at this guy for rambling on or I can be choose to do something different. And sometimes that would be all right. They would give you a worksheet and I would read the worksheet and when I was done. I'd read it again and then I'd highlight stuff, you know, like what am I going to take away from this? Again, I could, A, be mad at this dude for rambling on about stuff nobody cares about, hogging the whole class, or what can I control about the situation, you know, for me? Mm-hmm. And I started to do that, and it was way more effective than getting mad. I didn't I didn't feel any kind of way, like, 
I didn't like the guy still, but it was, you know, I was controlling it and not letting other people control, you know, how I felt because I'm the only one who feels that. Mm -hmm. Why would I put myself through all that when I didn't have to, you know, so stuff like that I was learning in. And there's, there's some stuff that you'll go, that you'll participate in because it's part of the program while you're in rehab or actually for anything, just same thing as meetings that is not like the, what the focus of, of the group or whatever is not particularly something that applies to you so much as something else, but you still pay attention. It's just like what they say, like, take what you want, leave the rest. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not. They can't create a, a curriculum or a program, a treatment program that every single group is going to be something that is something you need to work on. But that doesn't mean you, you don't respect it and listen to it because you probably will learn something, at least something, mm-hmm. you know, about yourself. And at least you're there and, you know, you're you're present and you're paying attention, hopefully. And, you know, you can feel good about that piece. You know, same thing as going to a meeting. Sometimes I might not have gotten really, truly anything out of a particular meeting that I've gone to, AA or NA or Dharma, but I went, you know, and just going is in itself is something that, you know, is proving to myself that I'm, I'm in it, you know, I'm in it and I'm, you know, I'm working my program. Um, and the it's funny because I was thinking about that this morning about the making the bed and I actually talked about it at one of my house meetings the other day as I was I said you know what try this just try it I would challenge anyone who's listening right now to make your bed in the morning Ooh, it's a challenge it's a challenge Ooh. all right because I mean what's it take all of what two two minutes maybe three minutes I don't know. It depend, depends on what, what you're talking here. Like, do you do the, you know, tuck, the, tuck in the edges or, you know, are you, you know, got a down comforter, you got throw pillows? I don't know. Does it really matter? Point being is you, you have like three minutes to actually kind of like you're thinking about I'm going to be, this is my day starting. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a new day. And it gives you a minute to kind of be like, what am I going to do today? You know, what what's, you know, and here's me preparing for my day, another sober day. And then when you get home, you're looking at your bed and you're like, I stayed sober today. Heck yeah. You know, and you have this beautiful, you know, comfortable bed to get into. And you turn down the sheets and you're like, I did it. Pat yourself on the back. And no, Corey, that's not where I was going with that. But thank oh. you for entertaining everyone. What? So... And then you get to, and then the next day you do it again and it becomes this routine and it's the weirdest thing, but it's the most fulfilling, like little tiny chore Mm -hmm. and it becomes not a chore. It's like a promise. When I make that bed in the morning, I'm promising myself, like, I'm going to try to be sober today. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to come home to this bed sober and get in it sober and be able to have a wonderful sleep, not black out, not pass out get some sleep and then be able to do, have another wonderful day tomorrow as well. And it's just, it it's amazing. So for those of you who want to accept the Ooh. make the bed challenge, can you do it? Can you do try it, it at least? Just try it. Are you man enough? Are you going to be woman enough to take the challenge? Man. Mm. What do they win? A life of well, sobriety. <laughs> right. For free. <laughs> Exactly. 
Well, I wouldn't know if they did or didn't. Take but... pictures of yourself. Okay, if if it does, In your bed. If your whole like you know mentality about your Not your program <laughs> changes and for the better, then let us know about it, and we'll talk about it on the podcast. And if you only heard the word naked, then you got problems. You have problems. I sorry. Said not <laughs> naked. Send them to Anna at 217recovery.com. Now you're having naked. all She's going to get all this stuff to not Anna. Pictures. Backwards. Dyslexia. I didn't say dyslexia. Or did I? Listen now. Anna at 217recovery.com. Yeah, that was fun. I worry about you sometimes. You should worry about me. <laughs> sometimes I worry about myself, but yeah, good podcast. We did it early, which I think is going to be wonderful for my sleep tonight. So yeah, unlike you though, when I, I get home, like I make the bed sometimes, sometimes you do, then I get home. And there's someone already in the bed <laughs> messing it all up. No, just your half. But no, it, it is nice to come home to it or, you know, throughout the day, if you go through your bedroom and you're like, oh, yeah, it's nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, take the challenge. Take the challenge. Take the Marty challenge <laughs> now. And send those pictures. <laughs> That'd be awesome. For real, though, send them to Anna. Like, I don't care. Take a picture of your dog. I just wanted to be like, why are people sending me pictures of just beds? Because like, I don't know, listen. Anna. That's creepy as hell, man. Because she doesn't listen to the podcast. No, she doesn't. She's not going to know what's coming. Mm-mm. She she's going to be like, Corey, you're not going to believe it. I got all these weird pictures yeah, of random like, things. Yeah, beds and stuff and slippers. Send us Anna pictures of slippers. Wait, what did I just say? <laughs> send Anna pictures of slippers, pets, beds. The beds won't really be creepy. So you're going to be like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Do it. <laughs> Anna at 217recovery.com. And, and put it in the subject line like. I did it. Sobered, sober again today or something. Yeah. And just every day, send them to her. Yeah. That'd be pretty funny. But yeah. So do that and we'll mess with Anna a little bit. We'll have a little 217 fun. <laughs> <laughs> See, she fires back. Doubt mm-hmm. it. But appreciate you listening. You can get us on every platform. We do have the app for the Android. So if you go to the Google Play Store, you can get that. And read our blogs. Marnie, you posted a nice blog the other day. It was about relationships mm-hmm. and early recovery, which I found was very interesting. So read her blog, which is P.S. I'm Grateful. Jay's got a blog, Spiritual Asylum. Anna has the be- Broken and Beautiful blog i have the monday blog which is new every monday and then aaron who's doing a killer job is discovering recovery aaron's the early of us or he's in the earliest part of recovery of all of us if mm-hmm. that makes any sense mm-hmm. but yeah his so his blogs man i really enjoy reading them and i think aaron's doing just killer i'm glad that you know he agreed to do the blog and i think it's something that will help him along his way in his journey to you know finding his purpose so Appreciate it, Aaron. I mean, you're going to... Well, actually, his fantasy football team's not too bad. But we'll see. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. And 217recovery.com if you need anything else. And hit us up. Send them pictures to Anna. And we'll talk to you 
Manana. Have a great day, everybody.